I'm just going to let everybody look at him for a good five seconds before making you all gag. Oh, oh, We've cut childcare fees in half right across the country. We're helping Canadians who need it most with extra rental and dental supports. We're keeping communities safe with stronger gun control. We'll keep delivering real change for Canadians. Can't stop now. Chip in today. Keep Canada moving forward. Okay, so so first of all, oh, is that not the most inappropriate music for what is going on right there? Okay, maybe I'm an idiot. I want to watch this again one more time because when I first heard this, to me it sounded like um, raising charity, like raising money for Canadians in need. Like, let me just... We've cut childcare fees in half right across the country. Okay, good. We're helping Canadians who need it most with extra rental and dental supports. And we're keeping communities safe with stronger gun control. Mm. Violence is at pretty much an all-time high, but let's 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 ignore facts. We don't want facts getting in the way of a good political spin. But hold on, we're keeping communities safe with stronger gun control. We are outlawing law-abiding citizens from procuring firearms through the most stringent process imaginable, and yet somehow gun violence, which is by and large committed with black market handguns, skyrocketing. Okay. We'll keep delivering real change for Canadians. Can't stop now. Yeah, you're delivering real change. Chip in today. Keep Canada moving forward. Okay, so am I dense? Is that clearly a fundraising um, campaign? Or did it not seem like it was donate to help Canadians by giving money to the Liberal Party? We're delivering real results for Canadians, and we can't slow down now. Oh, no. Can't stop, won't stop. Contributions from Canadians help grow our movement and make all of our progress possible. Make a difference today. Make a difference. Donate today. Let me just, and then it it links to the Liberal Party of Canada. Vote for me. I I said the other day on Twitter, uh, it was before the New Year's. It It was actually December 31st. I said the hardest red pill, conceptual red pill that I have ever had to swallow in my life. And maybe, I've, maybe I'm a child, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm an infant for having only realized this as an adult. Set aside Justin Trudeau. I'm not calling Justin Trudeau Schmittler or Zedong Mao, Mao Zedong. I'm just saying. Um, we all get brought up being taught that dictators, evil dictators, tyrannical, uh, genocidal dictators are evil. They know that they're evil. They know that they're doing evil and they do evil nonetheless. Like, like, like cartoonish villains just sitting around saying, how can I be evil? I know that I'm evil and I want to maximize evil. It, this is not an apology or apologism, if that's a word. <laughs> Sorry, that's a funny word. Uh, this is not... Um, to, de- to demean or downplay or, or, or undermine the evil. The hardest red pill for me to swallow was that Mao Zedong, Joseph Stalin, uh, the other communist guy there, bigger face, what's his name? Lenin, Hitler. I now appreciate with what I understand that I have not the slightest doubt that they, when they were committing the most historical atrocities, uh, somehow found a way to rationalize it to themselves and rationalize it 
to their constituents, rationalize it as somehow being benevolent for the greater good. Undoubtedly, you know, Stalin, Lenin, Zedong, we, we must do this. The Rwandan genocide, we must do this to preserve democracy. We must do this to protect our nationhood. The most historical monsters of all time had undoubtedly no doubt in their mind they were doing good when they did it. It was just the necessary evil for the greater good. That, 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 some of you might think that's juvenile. Some of you might think it's a totally stupid thing. They all knew they were evil. They were just you know, laughing as they committed evil. And others are going to say, never even thought of it that way. Everybody is the hero in their own story. We know the expression. But when you, when you put it into historical context, um, it, it, it puts things into current context. I start a comment coming into this because I wanted to address it. The more you know, Viva, please be more verbose in your criticism of Trudeau. It is coming off as more emotional and less objectively critical. I understand frustration, but it becomes easier to dismiss criticism this way. The more you know, first of all, I, I appreciate what you're saying and you're not wrong. Uh, what I will say is I have been verbose in the most verbose, um, meticulous, well thought out, well uh, sourced critique imaginable. I will also put out uh, tweets that say Justin Trudeau is a bad man. Uh, and then, you know, regardless, someone who says you're not being verbose enough will take one bad tweet and then, oh, you're being too verbose. I I've lost your, I've lost your train of thought. I have been critical, uh, thoughtful and meticulous. And some days I will come out and just say Justin Trudeau is a very, very bad man because he is. Um, we're going to get to this in a second. So first things first, uh, the more you know, thank you very much. Uh, and I don't mean to pick on you whatsoever. That's, uh, I am verbose. I am detailed. I, I explained it in thorough detail. I'm still waiting on the numbers of medical assistance in dying, a.k.a. euthanasia, once upon a time known as mercy killings in different eras. I want to see what the numbers were for 2022. If anybody knows what those numbers are for 2022, please let me know. I, I, I want to know how much of a record is Canada going to smash from its previous smashing record of 10,064 Canadians euthanized in 2021? 3.2% of all death in Canada administered by the government. Is that, uh, is that, that, that is verbose enough? That is well thought out and not juvenile? 3.2% of death in Canada administered by the state. That was in 2021. That was, if I'm not mistaken, um, it was 3,000 more than the year before, which was 3,000 more than the year before that. I haven't looked to make sure that we're all good on Rumble. Darn it. Um, I, I, what, what, are, what, are the, what are the stats going to be for 2022? 20,000? Is it, is it going to breach 20,000 medically assisted deaths in Canada? Is it going to go from 3% of death in Canada to 5% of death in Canada? We'll see. If anybody has that stat, let me know. Um, the site can't be reached. Let me see what's going on with Rumble. Hold on a second. I'm going to refresh here, do the standard intros, and do my, um, my sponsors. Okay, good. We're, we're, we're watching 3,261. Have I missed anything? The local stream earlier was good. Rob A., thank you for allowing me to plug locals. People... Uh, we have a wonderful community on Locals, Robert Barnes and myself. Some people have issues with Robert. 
Um, others don't. Robert and I, uh, we are the yin to each other's yang. We are the, um, who are the movie critics? Siskel and Ebert. We are the Siskel to the Ebert. I, we might actually literally be Siskel to Ebert, in fact. Now that I've never even thought about that. Um, we have a great community on Locals, vivabarnslaw.locals.com. We are over 100,000 members. That is not 100,000 supporters. It's 104,000 members. It's a community as vibrant and as active as Twitter. Um, and then there's paid supporters who get tons of exclusive content. It's the great place uh, to be part of the community, to be involved in the discussion. Imagine, imagine Twitter with all of the insight, but none of the trolls or mi minimal trolling because trolling is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, VivaBarnesLaw.Locals.com. But standard intros, super chats, these little things here that you see. Pepsi Man, Scott Adams wants to sue cartoonist Ben Garrison. We'll talk about that briefly today. Uh, I don't think he's going to do it. We'll, we'll talk about it. I'm going to keep that one starred and we'll come back to that later. And Steve Robitaille, super sticker. Thank you very much. YouTube takes 30% of all super chats on the platform. Uh, if you don't like that, you want to support us the best place other than vivabarnslaw.locals.com. $7 a month or $70 a year for the exclusive supporting stuff. Rumble, where we are currently streaming right now, Rumble has Rumble Rants. Rumble takes 20%, so better for the creator, better to support a platform that supports free speech. Just on time, Chet Chisholm with a $2 Rumble Rant says, Viva, you and I have been trying to connect for a bit. Your brother and Max Daigle, you know, Max Daigle, uh, both have my contact info. Touch base with me and maybe I can help answer a bunch of questions. A thousand percent. Max Daigle. That's a name that I haven't heard in a long time. I remember exactly who he is. Um, what was I going to say? That's it. No medical advice. No election fornification advice. No legal advice. We're going to talk about some medical stuff today, but it's going to be people who are smarter than me who know how to do the analyzing better than me. We're going to talk about a McCarthy it's fun to watch, um, and I don't think it's a bad thing, and that's not for political spin. Disagreement is always good, and unquestioning agreement is more the sign of a cult than the sign of anything good. We'll get there. Um, and what else do we have? We'll, we'll talk about Scott Adams and his fight with Ben Garrison over a cartoon. I'll see if I can pull that cartoon up. Um, actually, you know what? If anybody can find the cartoon and put it in the chat, that, that'll, that'll help. But first, I've got to do it. I got to do it because I like doing it also. You may have noticed this stream said contains a spade, a paid sponsor. Gold people. I feel like um, the guy from, what was that movie? Uh, with the Rain Man. Plastics, Jerry. Plastics. Uh, no, but, but gold. And it's not a joke because it's easy to make money and it's easy to lose. Well, let me rephrase. It's not easy to make money and it's easy to lose money. And once you've made money, uh, you can go and invest it in the market and take your chances there. You can invest it in Tesla as I have done and I'm already down three days in. Uh, you can invest in GM, Nortel, like I've done and lose it all. Or you could do like the uncool thing and buy gold. Um, and with Biden and the spending in America, you make money and you put it in the bank and just let it sit there, you're losing 8% a year because of the inflation rates now. Gold has been pretty good for the last several thousand years uh, it doesn't go up 10x like um, FTX, but it also doesn't go down 99x like FTX. It has been the standard unit of measurement for thousands of years and for a reason. Birchgold.com. Uh, get gold. 
keep gold, hold gold, and it's steadier and it's more reliable than the stock market. It's less gambling than the stock market. And it also kind of feels good just to hold a gold coin in your hand. Yesterday, I showed my... Um, Yesterday, I showed my silver tetradrachma, which unfortunately has not gone up in value, but not because of the price of silver, just because the more of these coins that they find in subsequent lots, the more the existing ones lose value. But um, gold, precious metals, reliable. Birch gold makes it easy to convert an IRA into 401k uh, or an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to know. Go to birchgold.com slash viva to claim your free info kit on gold. 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals. Birch Gold can help you. Um, Birchgold.com forward slash Viva. Can't go wrong. And uh, I'm happy to have them as a sponsor. And maybe one day I will have my own, my very own gold coins, which I will hold in my hand and I will worship gold. It's idolatry, by the way, but it's also an investment. You're holding a share in a company. That company is called gold. Let me see. I saw a comment here. Spot gold prices are going up right now. 1853 per ounce. I presume that's American. Silver is 2435 an ounce. I made a bet on silver a long time ago, but if this was Ricada Law, he would be showing all the cool memes at locals chat makes for his gold. Viva is boring as F the real hype. I, I will I will I will recognize that um, Nick is good. Let me see if I can go to the live chat. In vivabarnslaw.locals.com. Anyway, that's, that's, that's one sponsor for today. Thank you very much. Birchgold.com slash viva. Um, can't really go wrong. Okay, what do we start with? What do we start with? Do, do we start? Let's uh, summarily, let's just talk about um, Scott Adams threatening to sue Ben Garrison over a cartoon. First of all, I, I, I like Scott. I think he's sometimes right, sometimes wrong, sometimes plays the edge of what's sarcasm versus what was sincere at the time that his, <laughs> has turned out badly over time. Uh, so people have to appreciate the idea like you can, you can like someone and they can be wrong. You can like someone and they can misbehave at times. Scott Adams is smart. He's insightful. He's right on certain things. He's wrong on other things. He's human. Uh, I know as a matter of fact, when it comes to certain things during COVID, I have disagreed with his position on things. And I'm not quite certain that I believe necessarily um, certain things were sarcasm at the time. Uh, I want to see if I can pull up. Here we go. Scott Adams, Ben Garrison cartoon, 17 hours ago. Let's see if we can bring this up. Okay, good. We got it here. Let me, let me, let me bring this up. Ben Garrison, who actually makes good political comics, um, made a comic about a boot about Scott Adams that Scott Adams uh, didn't much like. Scott Adams is saying, should I sue for defamation? I don't think he's serious. I don't think he wants to get involved in a lawsuit for defamation. It might be fun, uh, you know, to pontificate for hyperbole. I don't think there's anything defamatory in this period, but I also don't think Scott Adams is running out to sue for defamation. It would only look silly. Listen, this is the... Um, <laughs> This is the cartoon. Scott Adams is threatening to sue Ben Garrison for this cartoon. We're all looking at the same thing. No medical advice, no legal advice. It's called Ilbert, which is a play on Scott Adams Dilbert. And it says by Claude Adams, which I didn't notice the first time. And it seems to be Scott Adams in a, in a casket. Obey science. 
I must obey the science. First of all, cartoon's good. It's got something of a defining physical feature of Scott Adams. Later, you anti-vaxxers were right accidentally. You're still stupid. Take the L dummy and it's playing on it's playing on Scott Adams, all of his elements of his cartoons, Dilbert the dog, and etc. Scott Adams says, as I consider legal action against idiot cartoonist Ben Garrison for defamation, how many of you stopped following me or buying Dilbert products because you believe I was pro-mask and pro-vaccination? That's the, um, you read that and you read it seriously if you read all tweets as serious. I don't read that as serious. I don't actually think Scott Adams is going to sue Ben Garrison over this cartoon because there's nothing in the slightest defamatory over it it is quite clearly opinion quite clearly protected opinion and the only unfortunate thing is i'm not going to get into the detail that um salty cracker got into arguably supported by scott's previous tweets where you know he i'm sure he like elon musk regrets some of his prior tweets on the jibby jab Actually, this is the first Garrison cartoon I've liked. Well, when you compare Garrison to the guy in, um, in Canada, Theo Mudakis, the Canadian political commentator, cartoon guy, the, the, the difference in quality in insight is exponential. <laughs> okay, I, 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 but I am not using this to rail against Scott Adams. He's been wrong on certain things as relates to the jibby jab. Some people, it's a difficult thing to admit that you are wrong. And then I, and I have heard Scott say, you know, some people could have been right back in the day, but for the wrong reasons. Making a prediction that comes out to be true doesn't mean that you were right to have made the prediction at the time because you might have made it on incomplete information or just taken a guess. That being said, this Ben Garrison cartoon is not fabricated out of whole cloth. It relies heavily and is inspired factually by prior tweets from Scott as relates to the Jibby Jab, as detailed meticulously by Salty Cracker in... Um, his latest video, which I also watched. But uh, no, he's not serious. And if he's serious, can you imagine a defamation lawsuit against a political cartoonist over a cartoon, a comic? And it's not like, it's not like a comic that is making any serious accusations of criminal wrongdoing. Um, it's a cartoon that's showing how even the smartest, even the smartest people, big brain, big brain Scott, can be wrong, can get caught up in fear, and can make mistakes or realize later that they relied too heavily on authorities which have been systematically corrupt, systematically dishonest, and as we're going to see in about two seconds, I, I, I think criminally so. Once upon a time, I didn't trust authority, but once upon a time, I said, well, what's the worst that can happen if you, you know, give me a little jibby jab, if you, if you inject one, not even, what, a quarter ounce, two millimeters of some random liquid into my body? What, what's the worst that can happen? I'll take my chances. Hmm. I, I just feel very good that I had principles from the beginning. And those principles were respecting people's medical autonomy, respecting people's constitutional rights. And whether or not I made a mistake out of fear, out of social pressure, out of whatever, I stood up for the rights of those who did not want to. And I absolutely condemned demonizing people who said, I'm not trusting anything that hasn't been around for a decade before doing it. Oh, hold on. What's the slippery slope, Garrett? What's the slippery slope? Anyhow, uh, 
Scott Adams is not suing anybody. I think it makes for entertaining content. It makes for good Twitter wars. Um, it would be a ridiculous thing. But Scott, like Elon Musk, let me see if I can find that. Um, Elon Musk vaccine Twitter. Let me see. Let me see if I can find Elon Musk's. At one point, Elon tweeted, this is from February of this year, no, February of 2022, I'm pro-vaccination, but anti-vaccine mandate. But that wasn't the issue at the time. Let's see who can find this tweet the, fa the fastest. I'm not going to be able to find it. Anyhow, we, I, think, I think a lot of us regret having been too... Um, What's the word when you, uh, when, you, when you defer to the authority of authorities now that we know what we know? And what, what do we know now, by the way, people? Do you, do you remember back in the day when they said, when people were saying the risk of myocarditis, just a subtle little inflammation of the heart, the risk of it was one, they were saying like one in 20,000, and the fact checkers were coming out and saying, no, nah, it's not one in 20,000 at all. You're, you're, you're way off, people. Uh, and then that came down a little bit. Then some, they were saying it was one in 1,000. The fact checkers were coming and saying, no, 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 it's not one in 1,000 at all. You're way off. Um, let, let me bring up a couple of things here. There's a, a report that came out in Canada. Now, let's, let's make sure that we're clear. I know that we might have talked about this earlier, but if you follow me on Twitter or you're in Locals, you've seen this already. Let's make sure that nobody is misunderstanding this. This is talking about the risks of myocarditis. This, this particular study that we're going to look at right now, or at least the summary, specifically for Moderna and specifically for the age bracket of men aged 18 to 29. So this is not to say these are blanket um, risks for all age stratifications, et cetera. This is for Moderna and Moderna only for this particular study, but we'll get to another one in a second specifically for the age bracket of men aged 18 to 29. Listen to this, people. This is from November 2022. Myocarditis after mRNA COVID vaccine risk, real but rare in young men. Just, just remember this. This is the headline. Who's going to go read the article? Inquiring minds. Who's not going to? Idiots. And what are idiots going to come away from this headline with? Rare in young men. What's the definition of rare? What's the definition of rare? I know it, it, it's contextual. Um, baseball cards? Who, who remembers that uh, the, the upside down error in upper deck where the shortstop, I forget who it was, but the shortstop S's were upside down. Those were rare. Um, getting struck by lightning, rare. Uh, would you say getting into a car accident is rare? No. Would you say, I, I, we could do this all day. What is rare? I don't know. And the idiots who read the headline and move on, they're not going to know either. And they'll be shocked if they read down. A new large Canadian study shows a small but significant increase. I'm sorry. Did, did, did they not just say rare in young men? So the headline says myocarditis after mRNA COVID vaccine risk real but rare in young men. And the first line says a new large Canadian study shows a small but significant increased risk in myocarditis among young men who get mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, especially the second dose of the Moderna vaccine. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not feigning this. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. 
Headline, rare in young men. And then the first line says, significant increased risk. Oh, okay, makes total sense. The study is published in Canadian Medical Association Journal. The study was based on outcomes seen during the BC COVID-19 cohort study, which included more than 10.2 million doses of mRNA vaccines administered to people 12 years and older from December 15, 2020 to March 10, 2022. 7 million were BioNTech, Pfizer, whatever, uh, and 3.2 million were Moderna. And the authors examined cases of myocarditis or inflammation of the heart muscle, just that little thing which were identified 7 to 21 days after vaccination and required hospitalizations. Listen to this. We can, we can skip over this. The authors recorded 99 incidents within seven days, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Males aged 18 to 29 were at the most risk of developing the condition, especially if they received the Moderna vaccine twice. Overall myocarditis rates among males in this age group were 2.97 per 100,000, which rose to 2.27%. Well, I don't know what that means, per 100,000, after the second dose. Among men ages aged 18 to 29 who received the Moderna vaccine, the rate was 22.9 per 100,000. It's so amazing. Why didn't they just do like uh, 229 per 1 million or 2,000 per 10? Why did they do it per billion? It, it's, only, it's only 24 what would it be? 2,400 per billion? I don't know. 24,000 per billion. Nothing. That's nothing in the scheme of a billion. How about we bring it down? 22.9 per 100,000. That's 23 per 100,000. I know what the answer is. I'm just going to do it this for... Oh, look at that. It's still in my calculator. 22.9. No, sorry. It's the other way around. 100,000 divided by 22.9 is 1 in 4,000. 66? One in, why did I get a different number? Did I do it differently the last time? 23, did 100,000 divided by 23. Oh yeah, the last time I did it, divided by 23, not 22.9. One in 4,300 and change. One in 4,300 and change. Young men, 18 to 29, with the rest of their lives ahead of them. Just a cool one in 4,300. That's not rare. That's not rare. And that's just myocarditis, people. That's just one adverse reaction, one adverse event from the Moderna jibby jab. Listen to this. In a press release, the authors said their findings support the preferential use of the BioNTech Pfizer vaccine over the mRNA vaccine. Oh, okay. But here it is, by the way. Say the line, Bart. Say the line. Although observed rates of myocarditis were higher than expected. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't you already tell us it was safe and effective? It's higher than expected? And you, were you lying to us? Or did you just say something that you had no business saying because you didn't have the information required to say it in the first place? Although it's higher than expected, safe and effective. The benefits of vaccination against SARS-CoV-2 in reducing the severity of COVID-19 hospital, hospital admission and deaths far outweigh the risks of developing myocarditis, the author said. Oh, really? Is hospitalization among young men aged 18 to 29, one in 4,300? No. Gosh darn flipping liars. Say the line, Bart. Let me just get the part where I have to say it. The benefits of vaccination against SARS-CoV-2 in reducing the severity of COVID-19, hospital admission, and deaths far outweigh the risks of developing myocarditis. Say it again. Say the line over and over again until you make, until you make truth of a lie. We're, 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 not even, we're not even at the worst of it yet, by the way, people. Because 
Here we go. Buckle Brush Jones. I know, I've seen you around and I know you're uh, you're ahead of the curve. One in 1,000 injury. It has been fine to mandate it for schools with MMR for 20 years. One in 1,000 injury. It has been fine to mandate it for schools with MMR. I don't think that's accurate, MMR. Uh, MMR, Buckle Brush. I don't think that's accurate for measles, mumps, rubella. We'll agree to disagree with that, but I don't, I don't agree that that stat is right. Um, but it gets worse. Just going to make sure I'm not missing anything there. That's one in 4,000 for that age group with Moderna, although there's reason to believe it's not much better with, uh, with Pfizer. But Pfizer's, Pfizer's doing their myocarditis clinical trials right now. Yeah. Nothing better than doing the myocarditis clinical trials after you have forcibly, uh, compu- what's the word? forcibly coerced hundreds of millions of people to inject themselves with this substance, which they were told were safe and effective at the time. Although the risks of your heart exploding higher than expected, the risks of vaccination of, of COVID far outweigh the risks of vaccination. And we still recommend it, even though one in 4,300 young men are going to have their lives substantially reduced in all likelihood, because myocarditis is not just a thing. You know, myocarditis is not just a thing that comes and goes. And when these doctors, these hacks, these liars, these journalists, fake news propagandists refer to a case of mild myocarditis, I have been told by people smarter than me that there is no such thing as mild myocarditis. What there is potentially is subclinical myocarditis, which might not lead to any symptoms that would require hospitalization for the purposes of identifying it as myocarditis. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have any long-term lasting impacts. Subclinical does not mean mild, although you can see how liars would want to equate the two. Joseph, $5 rumble, uh, super chat says, estimate 6 million men in Canada between 18 and 29. 100,000 equals 600 times point. That's 1,374 young affected in Canada. But one COVID death is too many. But myocarditis in young men nothing uh what was my thought at what with that about two seconds ago tabarnouche i just forgot it oh yeah the mild the mild myocarditis subclinical versus clinical myocarditis neither of which is mild it's just a question of whether or not symptoms arise at the time to allow for detection and how serious the long-term consequences are and i'll play you know i'll play a bit i want to play a a clip i watched brett weinstein uh dark horse podcast with Dr. Asim Mohatra, and there was a, a rather poignant segment of that video that came before certain recent events, um, and it's, it's well worth listening to the entire podcast, but I'll just play you this, this clip right here after I successfully share my screen, find it, share it here. The question many people have been asking. Brett Weinstein, Dr. Asim Malhatra, listen to this. Myocarditis is diagnosed at some threshold, right? Presumably, there's lots of subclinical myocarditis. Maybe there's even undetectable myocarditis. And this is not liable to be cost-free in terms of your longevity. For and by the way, just, just, you know, Brett Weinstein just happens to be a, a, an amazing, an amazing mind. And he just happens to be interviewing Dr. Malhatra, an amazing cardiologist mind. Just, you know. For, for those who want to go attack credentials. Example, if you have a little myocarditis, not enough to cause you to seek uh, medical attention, and then at some point in the future, you push your system beyond some usual limit, 
maybe that turns into a critical failure and won't be attributed to the cause from the so-called vaccines. To what extent do you think our crude measurement tools are missing damage that will actually be significant enough um, to alter longevity? I think that they are missing them to a large degree, Brett. So I've managed many people in the community who would not have had a formal diagnosis of mm -hmm. myocarditis because of the vaccine, because they developed symptoms in the community that they didn't merit as being severe enough to be hospitalized. But Pause. Or, as is the case in many places, they are shamed into not reporting their adverse effects or their adverse reactions because they don't want to be called anti-vaxxers. They don't want to be accused of being called conspiracy theorists. They don't want Justin Trudeau coming out and calling them uh, threats to society because they're undermining public confidence in a safe and effective um, jibby jab that neither prevents transmission and the safeness of which is highly questionable at this point, or at the very least, um, the new standard for safety is only causing myocarditis in one in 4,300 young men. The new standard of safety is only causing adverse uh, reactions in one in 800. We'll get there. But clinically, from the history, you could say it probably was myopericarditis, where you get in, uh, involvement of the outer layer of the heart as well, and that gives people chest pain. One of my patients, um, a lady in her 50s, actually developed um, within a couple, two months of having the vaccine, very fit and well, good, no problems in the background, um, shortness of breath. And then an echocardiogram, an ultrasound scan of the heart revealed that a heart muscle pump function was severely impaired. And again, from the history, the most likely cause was the vaccine. She again wasn't admitted to hospital. So I suspect there's pro probably quite a lot of people out there that, uh, that are, you know, who are vaccine damaged maybe don't know it or certainly aren't coming under the statistics in the published literature of say one in 2700 i think that's the highest figure reported mm. <laughs> I, and okay for, for now we'll see the, the number keeps coming down by the way like it, the fact checkers keep having to lower the bar of, of what they're fact checking uh, in young males of prevalence of myocarditis after the vaccine but that's specifically people who were hospitalized so uh, you're right. It's uh, probably a lot of people in the community who are having vaccine damage as well. And again, how this plays out in the long term, we really don't know. But if there is any scar in the myocardium, which often happens after myocarditis, then that could be a potential substrate for rhythm disorders moving forward. It's enough to not, not just cause you to question everything, but it's enough to make you actually angry. Also, when you're a hypochondriac like myself, it's enough to make you think you're having a heart attack at any given point in time. Although, full disclosure, my irrational fears of, of sudden death predate COVID and predate the jab by a long shot. Uh, that was a clip from a Dark Horse podcast with, with Asim Malhotra, and everybody should watch it. Uh, and by the way, just to also illustrate that you know, when they talk about the adverse um, reaction website, Veris, and those who report myocarditis and go to hospital for diagnosis versus those who don't for whatever the reason, subclinical or too embarrassed, too humiliated, that goes for reports of adverse events <clears throat> at large. People are oftentimes too embarrassed or don't know, and therefore adverse event reports tend to be underrepresented by a lot. The only question is by how much. Uh, so when I said, you know, one in 4,347 or 60, whatever, young men getting myocarditis, this is not me, YouTube any more saying this. This is now in PubMed. This is now published in Canada. 
from a study of 10.2 million doses. No small study. This is not me talking anymore. Um, but one in 4,300 and change for myocarditis, that's just one. One adverse event among many. What are the rates for adverse events at large? Sweet, merciful, but Jesus, you're not. It's going to blow your freaking mind if you don't know this already. If you followed us on vivabarnslaw.locals.com, you would. Or on Twitter, but Viva Barnes Law. Uh, vivabarnslaw.locals.com. Haven't done that one in a while. Oh, God. Um, you would have already seen this if you're following me or Robert in both, both or either of those areas. National Library of Medicine. Oh, I'm going to forget what the uh, word meant here, but uh, what the acronym is, but we'll get there. National Library of Medicine from the NIH, National Center for Biotechnical Information. This is good. I mean, this is no, Nobody can call someone a, a disinformation propagandist for relying on this. Serious adverse events of special interest following mRNA COVID-19 vaccination in randomized trials in adults. Some of you out there who might know what special interest means in this context, let me know. I, I, I presume it means something more serious than just a sore arm. So uh, a, a serious adverse event of special interest is not going to include, I don't know, fatigue or a he you know, headache. Some people have been suggesting might be more serious than just a headache, but a soreness in the arm. I think that's what it means. Wait until you hear, read this. Okay. Let's... Following mRNA COVID-19 vaccination, vaccination in randomized trials in adults. This is only the, uh, the summary, the abstract. In 2020, introduction, prior to COVID-19 vaccine rollout, the Brighton Collaboration created a priority list endorsed by the World Health Organization, that WHO thingy, of potential adverse events related to COVID-19 vaccines. We adapted the Brighton Collaboration list to evaluate serious adverse events of special interest observed in mRNA COVID-19 vaccine trials. The trials that we were told were stunning. April 1st tweet from Albert Bourla, April 1st, 2021, 100% effective in transmission, in severe, in COVID cases in South Africa. Safe and effective. The methods, and, and this, I, what I presume this means, secondary analysis of serious adverse events reported in the placebo-controlled phase three randomized clinical trials of Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines in adults. And you got the thing there. Focusing analysis on Brighton collaboration, adverse events of special interest. Secondary analysis, not quoting myself, but from what I understand, it means it's, it's almost a more reliable analysis than a primary or an initial analysis because there's more information, more time has lapsed, and you're basically analyzing more data. I'm not sure that I'm wrong about that. I don't think I am, but I'm, I think I'm repeating something that someone smarter than me said. Secondary analysis. Wait for it, people. Results. Pfizer and Moderna mRNA COVID-19 vaccines were associated with an excess risk of serious events of special interest of 10.1 per 10,000. That's one in a thousand people who can't do the math. And 15.1 per 10,000. That's one in 700 and change for those who can't do the math, including myself, divided by 15.1. One in 662, anywhere between one in 662 and one in a thousand adverse reactions. Vaccine over placebo baseline of 17.2 and 42.2, 95% CI was the confidence interval. My wife told me what the CI stood for, my wife, who's a neuroscientist. So 
I defer to her for interpretation. Sometimes, although she doesn't give me much opinions, she just tells me what these words mean. Confidence interval. Basically, like the starting point and the end point of the incident rate, and then the average is what, what they have by the average. Combined, the mRNA vaccines were associated with an excess risk of serious adverse events of special interest of 12.5 per 10,000. That's one in 800 and change. Vaccinated. Risk ratio, yada. The Pfizer trial exhibited a 36% higher risk of severe adverse events in the vaccine group. Risk difference, 18 per 10,000. Vaccinated. Risk ratio, yada. The modern the Moderna trial exhibited a 6% higher risk of serious adverse events in the vaccine group, risk difference 7.1 per 10,000. Combined, there was a 16% higher risk of serious adverse events in mRNA vaccine recipients, risk difference 13.2. Let's just focus on the one number here. Combined, the mRNA vaccines were associated with excess risk of serious adverse events of special interest, What's 10,000 divided by 12.5? 10,000 divided by 12.5. Let's try this one more time. My fat fingers don't even work on a calculator. Divided by 12.5, one in 800. Do you remember when people were floating that number around and they were called conspiracy theorists and told that they were whack jobs? No, it's, it's safe and effective. It's safe and effective in 799 people, or at the very least, uh, in 799 people, it's not, it's not damaging. Effective, I don't know, but it's not damaging, at least, that we know of. And by the way, these trials were for a very short period of time. That's one in 800 for the period of the trials, which I think was what? I, I, it was a short period of time. I don't, want to, um, I don't want to make a mistake. It was a short period of time. That's one in 800 over a short period of time. That number doesn't go down over time. It only goes up. They said it was 100% effective at the beginning. They did. One, oh God, you know what? I'm going to show you something, actually. 100% effective, Albert Bourla. That tweet doesn't even come up as the first tweet anymore. Check this out. Check this out, people. You want to see how the Google memory hole... Uh, uh, th these are the search words. 100% effective, Albert Bourla. This is the tweet that comes up. Oh, okay, it's good. It's back. Excited to share that updated analysis from our phase three study with BioNTech also showed that our COVID-19 vaccine, they're, calling, they're still calling it a vaccine, was 100% effective in preventing COVID-19 cases in South Africa. 100%. It was an April Fool's joke. I'm, I'm joking. It wasn't. That, that's what they said. 100% effective. And their, and their weasel, dishonest wiggle out of this is going to say, we said it was 100% effective in preventing COVID-19, not infections, only severe illness. And it's not even 100% effective at doing that anyhow. Liars, through and through. One in 800. Can you imagine what that means? Well, <clears throat> I don't know if we wanted to get angry this morning, but sometimes you have no choice. There was a super chat. Steve Vi 17 says, still no journalist asking why Statistics Canada stopped reporting excess mortality in August 2022. Silence. I'm going to screen grab that and copy that and look into that afterwards. All right. Now, before we go over to Rumble. Oh, shoot. I didn't put the link there. Hold on one second. Before we go over to Rumble. Link is here. 
Um, let me go to let me go to Rumble. No, let me go to YouTube and pin the link if I haven't already done it. Stop. Did I pin it? I did not. Link to Rumble. Let's do it, people. So vote with our feet, pin message. There we go. And move over to Rumble where we are at currently 7,195 people. Beautiful. Fantastic. 7,100 enraged people right now. Lie to with our own bodies, myself included. Just thank goodness. I, I, I think I'm a principled man. Never told anybody what to do with their body and never tolerated people being punished for deciding what they want to do with their body. Uh, but before we go over to Rumble, people, speaking of being healthy with your body and doing the right thing, Brickhouse Nutrition, I've got my two cables on it. I've got my bottle right here, uh, my canister. Field of Greens, people, made by Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, a lot of people have probably put on a lot of weight over the holidays. The holidays consist of sitting around, eating, drinking, and being merry, for the most part. Or eating, drinking, and being angry. I mean, it, it consists of eating, drinking, and generally speaking, not living as, as healthy of a lifestyle as we tend to do during summer. Especially in Canada, you're cooped up indoors all day. Tough to get exercise unless you force yourself to do it, as I do. But people tend to put on holiday weight. It's a thing. Uh, most people don't know you're supposed to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Most people don't. Uh, Field of Greens is desiccated vegetables and fruits. It is not a supplement. It's not an extract. It is dried, pulverized. I'll show you what it looks like. This. You mix it in water. Each spoonful is a serving of fruits and vegetables. You get the antioxidants. Let me just read off the label here. Full serving of vegetables. Full serving of fruit. Antioxidant power. Boosted immunity. USDA organic approved right there. Um, and it's good stuff. If you can't get your daily servings of vegetables, fruits and vegetables in their raw format, as most people don't, a spoonful twice a day, it's a better habit than a Red Bull, which I have not had today. Um, and it will allow you to, to catch up. And it's a, it's, it is a good alternative to a soft drink. If you go to Field of Dreams, not Field of Dreams, fieldofgreens.com, promo code VIVA, you'll get 15% off your first order, 10% off a subscription. Uh, and despite what it looks like, it actually tastes quite good. So be healthy, do the right thing, um, and get your fruits and vegetables in there. Desiccated, desiccated. When I dictate that, it turns it into defecated. Desiccated fruits and vegetables. And now I hear the construction starting. Uh, right in time to go over to Rumble. Everybody, let's do it. This is the link to Rumble. Ignore the noise as I will try to, but I'm not good at it. We're ending on YouTube, moving to Rumble. Let's see that number drop on YouTube and rise on Rumble. Three, two, one. Did I do it? I think I did it. I don't think I ended yet on YouTube. Hold on a second. What's my problem? Did I remove? Okay, now I think I did it. Yeah. Okay, I'm an idiot. Don't know what the hell my problem is. I only do it every day and still screw up. Let's see if we're on. Oh, look at that number. Go up. 7,900 and counting. Booyah. Um, Booyah Kasha from Nature Lover Freedom. Skrillet, Skrylite says, carnivore diet greater than plant diet. I agree. 
but I when I eat my when I eat meat and I have a nice steak, I like to have vegetables with it. Not so much fruits. Fruits tend to always I don't know they 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 feel too sweet, too much sugar for what you get. Uh, they desecrate sacred fruits. Micho, Viva, are you are you what are you constructing? We are redoing uh, windows because apparently <laughs> uh, our windows they had become not just. I, th- they're 30 years old, the windows, and they were not only, uh, I don't know what, the, what, what they, they were old windows, but they had become unstuck from the actual frame. So the windows, air, water, insects were getting through. So we're, we're doing that. And apparently now we need to get a new dishwasher. F and A, F and A. Like, no, even you just launched some nukes. <laughs> no, yeah, so we need, we, need a, we need a new dishwasher now because apparently the dishwasher doesn't work. And uh, apparently, yeah, w- windows are not supposed to be able to uh, wobble in their frames. So there's that. Um, but it's good. It's, it's, uh, it's one, one form of an investment, although rich dad, poor dad does not believe that a home is an asset. He believes that a home is a liability. And in the literal sense, he's, he's probably right. Okay, so we're good now. Um, have we covered enough of the anger-inducing stuff? Like, it, it, it's, we're at the stage now where the conspiracy theorists, and I, let, me, let me make sure everybody understands that's, that's in quotes. For anybody listening on the podcast, on Viva and Barnes Law for the People, on Paw Pat, wherever, for anybody listening, quote, conspiracy theorists, for the people who said, this is causing inflammation of the heart, the, 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 the Dr. Malone's, the Dr. McCullough's, uh, the Dr. Mohatra's, Brett Weinstein's a doctor, the Dr. Br- the Dr. Weinstein. We are now at the, at the stage of, of this story. Adverse events from the clinical trials pursuant to which we were told safe and effective. Serious adverse reactions of special interest, one in 800. I, it, it, yeah, okay, that's it. So, uh, But don't just be angry for the sake of angry. You have to uh, put that to use. Um, and hold people politically and legally accountable. Yeah. Oh, son of a gun. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll play that video out to play us out. It was a good one. Uh, what do we have next? Not now. Okay, th- this, uh, this I got already. I forgot that I had that up there. Uh, Logan Paul, people. Okay, I'm, I'm a crypto noob. I, I am a crypto noob. I don't understand how it works. I hear, oh, it's on the blockchain and there's ledgers and everybody knows what's going on and it can't be falsified or stolen because there's several layers to the layers and there's blockchains that are interconnected but not not dependent on one another and you have public accountability and people maintaining the ledgers. That's okay. I, I have been explained crypto no less than 10 times by people who are in crypto. I don't understand it. And I derive some conclusions from my... Unability for my inability. Me, me fail English? That's impossible. I derive some conclusions from my inability to understand something. I, I am an idiot, but I don't think it's because I'm an idiot. And all that I can say is I have been offered, you know, many sponsorships, multiple, many is a quality, multiple sponsorships from crypto related entities. And I say, no, I can't do it and I won't do it. Thank you for the offer. It's very, very lucrative. I don't understand the technology. It comes off to me, in my personal humble opinion, which might be very ignorant and Viva's an idiot and is losing money where he could be making it. Fine. It comes off a little Ponzi scheme-ish 
I don't understand how something can have value uh, greater than fiat currency, but ultimately have to be converted into fiat currency in any event. Okay, setting that aside. Logan Paul's in the news. Oh, by the way, whatever skepticism I have for crypto goes exponentially higher for tokens, for coin, for all of this, these NFTs, exponentially higher. Hmm. I bought a Trump NFT or whatever that thing is. I expect to lose my $99. I bought it for the shits and giggles, as we say in the industry. Um, I expect to lose that. That was not an investment. That was a, that was a, a, a lark is the word. My skepticism uh, and confusion goes exponentially higher for NFTs. Artwork, unique individual pieces of art like this historical art. This is my little thing. That I understand. NFTs I don't. Okay, anyhow. Uh, Logan Paul's in the news because there's a scandal a-brewing with uh, something that he was putting out called CryptoZoo. Now, I've watched CoffeeZilla's part three of the three-part miniseries exposing the scam. And I'm putting a scam in quotes because it's an allegation. It's not a fact. And I don't need Logan Paul threatening to sue me because... I'm actually inclined to believe Logan Paul's explanation. And even from what I've seen in crypto, not crypto, CoffeeZilla's um, part three, I, I, I'm not quick to, to blame Logan. He kind of looks like he might have been above board in as much as I think he could be with these types of these schemes. The problem with these schemes, they look crooked even if they're not crooked. Okay, we'll get there. HP Armin, $1 Rumble Rant says, bring back the trucks for an anniversary, meet and watch Turtle Squirm. That's an Ottawa protest. Speaking of which, it's going to be the anniversary of January 6th, and I'm going to see if I can get a, a, an in-person interview with someone to, to, to celebrate. Parentheses closed. Okay, so Logan Paul is in the news with this scheme, scam, alleged issue. Uh, let me see what I'm going to bring up here. I'm going to bring up two articles. Bring up one before we get to Hassan Piker after this. Logan Paul to respond. Logan Paul to respond. CryptoZoo scam allegations made by CoffeeZilla. That doesn't seem like English. Logan Paul said Coffee, CoffeeZilla has a channel. It's tremendously popular. Gotten very popular off of this three-part miniseries of uh, of Logan Paul. Uh, let's just get to an idea as to what the scans are. No thanks. YouTuber turned crypto developer Paul, Logan Paul said he intends to respond to CoffeeZilla by January 2nd over allegations the CryptoZoo project is a scam. Paul included a screen map, yada, yada, yada. Okay. CryptoZoo is a Binance smart chain play to earn <laughs> NFT project that borrows from elements of Pokemon with users collecting, trading, and breeding animals to earn zoo tokens. The non-fungibles, non-fungible tokens, NFTs, are available on OpenSea as unhatched eggs, presumably with a surprise reveal for owners, happening once the project advances, if at all. Part of the problem is that, allegedly, people have bought and been sold these eggs that were intended to be part of a crypto NFT plan that has not gone forward yet, and so people own these eggs that are worth nothing because the crypto thing itself has not been launched because of scamming from within the company, not from Logan Paul, but from two scamsters who happen to be part of the team, recognized, acknowledged, and apparently have criminal records. The established price floor is currently 0.285 ethers, whatever that is. I know what that is. It's a currency, which equates to probably $340 at today's price. It is worth noting. It was noted pricing was not in BSC's native BNB token, however, wrapped ether or Ethereum, sorry, Ethereum, uh, is available on the chain. 
In his own words, Paul said CryptoZoo is a really fun game that makes you money. During the summer of 2021, Paul was also embroiled in controversy over the Dink Doink meme tokens. Critics alleged the project was a pump and dump scheme. The most recent trading volume activity occurred on December 17, 2022 for less than $14, according to Bond. CoffeeZilla investigates. Who finds this interesting, by the way? Uh, Eric Hundley, America's Untold Stories, brought this to my attention. Um, and I'll see if there's someone in crypto who can help me understand this or make sense of it. But uh, I was actually just using that as a good excuse to remind everyone. Eric Hundley, America's Untold Stories. Matt, Mark Robert, amazing stuff. Uh, but he put me onto this, and it's, it's interesting. I spent the morning trying to make sense of this, and I and I can't. To date, Findizen has posted Findizen has posted three videos detailing his investigation into CryptoSoup. They covered a deep dive into the project, including background investigations into key players such as Jake the Crypto King, whose Twitter account was recently suspended, and testimonies from investors calling out the lack of progress in releasing the finishing product, the finished product. Findizen, 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 Findizen. I don't know, said Paul did not pay developers, leading to a pause in development activity. Apparently, one of the developers made off with the code for the eggs or the project, fled to Switzerland, and then said, I'll give you back the code for a million dollars. Some people say he's holding it ransom. Others are saying uh, he's just trying to get paid for the work that he did. Further, the lead developer, Eddie Ibanez, is alleged to have lied about his credentials, which include graduating from MIT, having worked for the CIA to catch criminals, and helping the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl in his capacity as data scientist, crunching fatigue and injury stats. That's a lie that is so peculiar, so specific, you would not think someone makes up a lie like that. Responding to the invite on December 27, 2022, Finders had said Paul did not include an email address to confirm his attendance. However, he would happily discuss the issue on home ground or via live stream. Okay. A notice on CryptoZoo website stated users should expect downtime as upgrades are being worked on and core infrastructure being landed. Okay. Make sense of whatever you can of that. The scheme, as far as I understand it, the incident involved Logan and his team um, discreetly, quietly buying up these tokens before making a public announcement as to what the project would be so they could acquire the tokens at a reduced price prior to it being jacked up by way of public interest in this project. So they buy it all, all of these tokens that are going to be related to the project that they're going to rebrand afterwards. They buy them quietly, although publicly, but before they announce the project and their involvement in said project so they can acquire these tokens at a reduced value compared to what it will be once public interest takes off. And then... Once they make the public announcement, they then sell all of these tokens that they have acquired themselves at an inflated price or an increased price because people are going to be interested in the project. What ended up happening allegedly is that one of the members of the team secretly was acquiring these tokens above and beyond what he was supposed to acquire. Uh, for whatever the reason, the price then got reduced radically from whatever the market cap was of 120 million to 40 million, which pissed off all of the members of the team who were saying, what's going on? How is this price dropping this radically? We haven't even sold ours yet. And one of the scammers in the Jake Paul team said there's, there's a hacker or someone who's buying up these tokens and driving down the price. And Jake Paul saying, well, we're pissed. We're, we're not enjoying watching this uh, drop in value before we've even sold our tokens. Um, and Jake Paul, or Logan Paul, sorry, is now saying... 
Uh, he's going to get ready to sue CoffeeZilla for defamation because uh, these are serious accusations of fraud and scam. What I love, so I, I, I don't even know how uh, Hassan Piker gets involved in this, but we're going to read this. Uh, this was an interesting, interesting story. Hassan blasts Logan Paul's response to CoffeeZilla. What the F-U-C-K? Twitch star Hassan Hassanabi Piker unloaded on Paul Logan after the social media star posted a response video to CoffeeZilla. Logan Paul's seven-minute video was, I lost in all of this as well. I never sold. This was not a pump and dump. This was nothing illegal about the scam, the scheme. I got defrauded as much as everybody else because we hired two people who we didn't vet. Our team didn't vet this properly. We hired one criminal and one scammer who took off with our code. We're all backed up in this project and we're going to finish it, but it's going to take more time and cost more money. YouTube investigative journalist CoffeeZilla made waves on social media after releasing a three-part series looking into Logan Paul's crypto project. After pushing the videos live, they've garnered attention from everyone across the internet and revealed, and revealed tons of investors have lost thousands of dollars at the project, labeling it a scam. Logan Paul re responded. Various tweets, yada, yada. He released a full video, seven-minute video. That's what, the, that's what the video says. Live on January 3, when he watched Logan Paul's video addressing CoffeeZilla and was stunned by what the YouTuber-turned-boxer decided to focus on. Paul opens the video by claiming Coffee's judgment was clouded by his desire to go viral. There might be a little confession through projection in there. What the F, bro? This dude conducted a two-year-long investigation, showed proof of a very obvious interest in rug pulling, and now Logan Paul's like, oh, you're clickbaiting? Come on, dog. Piker might not always be wrong. We'll see. The disrespect here is effing insane. Holy shit. He's unironically like, hey, I used to love your work, bro, but now what a... Shut the F up. Okay, I'm going to listen. Uh, just like, uh, I'm going to just say you're Keemstar. Um, okay, that's, that's, a, that's an insightful take on all of it. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to watch the part one and two of the series to see if I can make it make sense. From what I've seen, even from CoffeeZilla's part three of the analysis, uh, I don't think there's anything defamatory in there. I was actually noticing that whenever CoffeeZilla used the words fraud, scam, scheme. He did say, in my opinion, I, he, was, he was in fact quite clear to weigh his words. And the evidence, whether or not it shows that Logan Paul uh, had nefarious intentions, or I don't, don't think he actually accused him of committing any specific crime, but said what he did might've been legal, but not ethical. Uh, the wording of CoffeeZilla's analysis was, was, seemed um, cautious and seemed weighted. Uh, and the only people who were accused of actual crimes were the two people who apparently committed actual crimes. I'll, I'm going to follow the story. I don't like crypto. It is all a scam to me. Uh, it, it is all not a pump and dump, but it is a pump and dump because all anybody wants to do with crypto is make money with it. So just don't be on the holding a, a warm bag of SHIT and you'll be happy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm uh, in something now. I think. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's it. So that, that's what's going on with the Logan Paul story. We'll, we'll see. He's defending himself. If he sues for defamation, um, based on the limited uh, knowledge that I have now, which is actually having seen the report, the evidence, the documentary evidence that is in fact in that report, setting aside the matters of opinion. Uh, yeah, we'll see. My, my bet is on not going to be sued for defamation by Logan Paul. Bets are in. Rien ne va plus, comme on dit en français. 
And let me see what the chat in Rumble is saying. Viva, you're an idiot. Let me see if no one said Viva, you're an idiot. I just want to see if they say this. <laughs> oh, bad movie. You should have watched all three, says Magoose84. The number three, I, I, my, my rationale was I didn't have all that time to catch up on this. That number three would summarize number one and two, which it did to some extent. Um, Logan Paul has done this before, Molten Salt. Let me see what else. Let me see uh, the other, the other um, comments in here. Oh, this. <laughs> okay, Viva is not starving his pinion. That's the joke. Uh, and let me see here. Okay. Molten Salt says, okay, I'm willing to call it a scam. He definitely had nefarious intentions. He was secretly buying a coin that he expected to 10x through market manipulation. That, that, is, that is the accusation. I, I, the mechanism, when I say that I don't understand how the mechanism works, they're buying up a, a, a coin. Is it a coin or a token that's already on the market? They're buying up a coin, whatever it is. They're buying up something that's already on the market to then rebrand it and resell it. Um, it, it, whether or not that's, I, I just, I don't know how these things work. Why are they not just issuing their own coin for the purposes of the project? If they're buying up uh, a coin that's already publicly available for the purposes of 10Xing it, I don't have a problem with people buying something to revamp it, repackage it, repurpose it, and then resell it. It's like you, you buy up an old car, fix it up, and then sell it for more. Yeah, you're expecting to make money. You know, CoffeeZilla's, one of his major points was, this was all about the money. Of course, of course, it's all about the money. When you're, when you're getting involved in business, it's pretty much all about the money. In fact, if Logan Paul had said this was about altruism or philanthropy, like Sam Bankman-Fried, I would have been more suspicious. But he buys up all of the coins which are already publicly available to repurpose them and resell them. Yeah. McCarthy. Oh, okay, good. Segway, we're out of this. McCarthy loses again. The few but unreal, unwielding can make the change. So I have been following this. We're going to talk about this with Barnes on Sunday because I want to know Barnes's perspective on this. Let me just go to the news because I'm going to pull up McCarthy. The Republicans have yet to, uh, to uh, appoint, to nominate a Speaker of the House. What is it now? Five, five votes. No, it's been four times shut down. <laughs> this is incredible. Um, so... A lot of this is news to me. A lot of this is new knowledge to me. I have not been immersed in American politics, American law, um, except for the last few years. So, sorry, a video is playing in the backdrop here. Stop it. There's a lot of stuff that I don't fully appreciate about American politics. I, I don't know much about uh, McCarthy. I know that people hate him. I know that people call him corrupt, a warmonger catering to special interests. I know that people say that he is no different than Nancy Pelosi um, and that they don't want him to be Speaker of the House because he does not represent the populist movement that has overtaken the GOP since Trump became president. I, I know people say that. I just know nothing of the history of McCarthy from a personal perspective, from a, having been immersed in this. Um, the Republicans are in the process of uh, appointing a Speaker to the House. This is the first time in 100 years that the vote has failed on the first time. I think the last time was like 1920-some-odd, and then the last time before that was after the Civil War. So it's unheard of that there's not unity in the party to appoint a speaker, but there is a populist movement of the GOP that hell or high water does not want to see McCarthy as the Speaker of the House. Um, and he's failed the vote 
and failed the vote worse the second time around and the third time around with people like defecting towards Jim Jordan, demanding concessions from McCarthy that apparently he uh, is not prepared to make. Appointing um, committees to investigate the FBI and appointing leaders to those committees uh, the concession, which would be negotiating with the 20 some odd people who are not voting for him. Apparently no concessions and not even sitting down to meet to discuss. Now, hold on. Let me, let me pull up the, let me pull up the latest from Fox news, but this is a, a little out of my comfort zone. I'm watching this and I'm, and I'm watching it. I'm watching the left make fun of the right Democrats make fun of the Republicans say they, they can't even appoint a house uh, rep, a speaker of the house we appointed Nancy Pelosi. We appointed uh, Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem, and, and, and they chant to, to rub the salt in the wound of the Republicans, chanting Hakeem. The idea that there is disagreement and debate on appointing the Speaker of the House, this is not my political spin. This is my philosophy, my, ideo- my ideology behind it. It's a good thing and not a bad thing. You know, unanimous support, despite your objections, is a sign of a cult and not a sign of a party. Party over country, party over principles is not how politics is supposed to be done. When you have AOC sobbing as she votes along party lines because she had been browbeaten into doing it, that's the sign of political abuse. That's not the sign of free thought. Watching a portion of the GOP defect and say, we don't want this guy. And we would sooner suffer the political repercussions of not having a Speaker of the House, not being able to appoint new members who have just been elected, not being able to uh, form new committees, and we want to be heard, that's not, a, that's not a bug. That's a feature. And that lets the powers know, not that there's a new sheriff in town, but you'd better represent everybody's interests because we're not just going to have party over politics the way the Democrats do it. Have I shared the screen yet? Oh, I have. There it is. Okay. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy again failed to secure the necessary 218 votes to be the next Speaker of the House in a fourth round of voting Wednesday, which means at least another vote will be needed. McCarthy came up short even after former President Donald Trump called on House Republicans to back McCarthy and get with the work of the 118th Congress. Trump has taken flack for this as well. It's very, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing phenomenon. The House Freedom Caucus nominated Rep. Byron Donalds, Florida, um, For House Speaker during Wednesday's votes, Donald's picked up 20 votes, just as Rep. Jim Jordan of Ohio did in the last three votes a day earlier. McCarthy can only lose four GOP votes and win the minimum of 218 needed to be elected Speaker. The vote result Wednesday was a sign that McCarthy has not yet made any significant progress convincing the group of hardline Republicans to support him and also signaled that these members appear to prefer anyone over McCarthy. Now here we are, and for the first time in history, There have been two black American, what is this? And for the first time in history, there have been two black Americans placed into the nomination for Speaker of the House, said Rep. Chip Roy, Republican, who nominated Donalds. Okay. Fifth Speaker, House Republicans on track to come up short again. Oh, that's it. The fifth round of voting continued Wednesday. McCarthy has already lost five votes to to Rep. Byron Donalds, Republican from Florida. Donalds was nominated in the fourth round of voting as well and took 20 votes from McCarthy. It's amazing. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off, I think it actually needs to be reversed, Bobert said. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. This is fascinating. 
Let me see what's going on in the chat here. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm live like right now. Give me this and I'll plug it in. Is mom here? No. Can you go get out of here? All right. I gotta charge my. Oh, I just can't. Uh, it's it's fascinating. Let me see what's going on in the chat. Uh, Jack Burton once says, "No damn it dares to dissent and nominate another speaker. Speaker volumes speaks volumes as well." Mac is losing for the fifth time, says Mick O'Huck. And that, the last one was from Jack Burton 1. Uh, Whiskey, McCarthy and Paul Pelosi. Oh, I'm not reading that. You're trying to get me in trouble here by reading something before I can read it. So that is the latest uh, from McCarthy. We're watching. It's, it's, it's a good thing. I don't know. Apparently, it can go on forever. Um, what happens if McCarthy withdraws entirely? Who comes up after that? I don't know. Uh, it, it, it is, it's a circus. Politics is a circus in general, but the idea that this is somehow bad, that there's not unanimity, blind support among Republicans, just do it and get her done. The idea that McCarthy refuses to meet with the 20 some odd votes who are not voting for him to see what concessions they can make is a sign that maybe McCarthy is something more of a um, dictator type speaker than a democratizing speaker. Uh, we'll see. And we'll talk about it Sunday with Barnes. Boy, howdy. All right, now let me go back to my notes and see what else I missed here for a second. Okay, we got the live votes. Oh, I wanted to, I, you know what? I, I want to bring this up. Hold on, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to bring this back up and go to Twitter for a second. Uh, there was a study, you're going to hear some noise. My apologies, it will be done soon. There was a study that uh, Dr. McCullough referred to in a tweet recently, talking about the number of athletes that have suffered cardiac incidents in the last three years compared to the last three decades. Um, and, I, and I retweeted it with my question. So th this, is the, this is the article, everybody. The tweet from Peter McCullough. Peter McCullough, for those of you who don't know, MD, MPH, public figure, okay, that's interesting, author, author <laughs> physician and news commentator, and anal 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 analyst, analysis of pandemic response. He's a smart, he's a smart, smart man, Peter McCullough. Uh, in re recently tweeted this, uh, you know, context relevant, but context also, um, when was this from? January 3rd, it was from yesterday. So, you know, news, news relevance. Peter McCullough tweets, this recent paper from Dr. Paul Acredis and myself gets the sharp rise in athlete deaths into PubMed. Since vaccination, quote, 1,598 athletes suffered cardiac arrest, 1,100 of which, one of which, with deadly outcome. Over a prior 38 years, to 1996 to 2004, 1,101 athletes aged 35 and under died. Average age, 29 years. Um, and then there's this clip. Let's, 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 let's play this clip so we can get a, a feel for this. What we've learned is the highest risk group is age 18 to 24 uh, in men. 90% of these cases are young men, as shown by Scharf and colleagues in the preprint server system. And then a report by Gill and colleagues from Connecticut, Connecticut coroners, backed up by analyses from the University of Michigan 
and the University of Wisconsin Pathology, published in one of the best pathology journals, Archives of Pathology. But he, he really does look like John McEnroe. <laughs> Someone said it. I can't unsee it. Two now. young boys, 16 and 17. They take Pfizer. By the way, we, we actually, we actually, what is that? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and one day I'm going to have a studio with a, with a damn lock on the inside so that I, I, I we, we watched this video the other day. Um, let me just go back to the article because the article, I had to pull it up and I found the actual, it's, it's, I found the actual source, you know, the screen grab with the highlights is one thing. Let me bring this out and bring up the article. We'll just, we'll, we'll take a, a quick gander through it. And then I'm going to get back to my questions about this. So the article is link here and I'll share it with you every, uh, every letter to the editor. So take it for what it's worth. People are going to try to downplay this and say, oh, it's just a letter to the editor. It's, it's, it's not a study, although it, it references it. Rational harm benefit assessment by age group are required for continued COVID-19 vaccination. There's a lot of people who've been saying this for a long time. To the editor, we read with interest the letter by Dr. Gull and Dr. Osturk, which comments about the previous letter by Dr. Polakretis. The letter by Dr. Polakretis aimed to underline the differences between the genetic vaccines against COVID-19 and vaccines based on inactivated or attenuated viruses in terms of immunization mechanism. Moreover, and most importantly, it sought to emphasize the necessity of biodistribution studies in front of the numerous publications reporting on a variety of serious adverse events among vaccines. Considering that some of the pharmaceutical companies, such as Pfizer-BioNTech, had, quote, to move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market to release the vaccines, there is nothing of scientifically despicable or misleading. There is nothing of scientifically despicable or misleading in seeking for the collection of more accurate data about biodistribution. But let's just go to the charts um, here. The authors, we're going to start reading from the last page and I'm going to not highlight it. The authors estimate that at least 18.5 serious adverse events could occur for every COVID-19 hospitalization prevented from January 21 to the time of writing, 1,598 athletes have suffered cardiac arrest, 1,101 of which with deadly outcome. Then you go to the footnote, which is this article right here. 1,616 cardiac arrests, serious issues, 14, 1,114 of them dead since COVID injection. It is... Can you guys get out of here? Both of you, get, no. out. get out. Get out. What? I'll be, out. No. Get out, please. No. You're eating a lot of chocolate. Go out, please. No, thank you. It is definitely not normal for so. This is the article. I'll give this. I'm getting locking the doors. What I'm doing here? I'm going to share this with everybody right here. No, that's not the right one. Home offices. <laughs> <laughs> they have their benefits and they have their pitfalls. All right. That is the study. And th those are the, those are the uh, footnotes. My question to this study was, how are we counting athletes? Are there not ex exponentially more athletes now that are being counted for the number? Do we need a raw number or do we need a percentage? I think we need a percentage and not a raw number. And I've tweeted out those questions to Dr. Peter McCullough. And I hope that he responds by accepting an invitation to come on the channel and talk about it because it is something that needs to be discussed. Let me see what else here. <sighs> There's a $5 rumble rant in there. Steve Vai, all the countries except Canada and Australia have reported excess mortality. Please investigate this graph 
and exported as Excel. Okay. It's, well, first of all, e even Canada, Steve I, $5 rumble, and thank you very much, has reported excess mortality. That's very good. Get out of here, please. All right. I might have to end this a little early. I don't know where my wife is. Um, so let me see. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screen grab this. Okay, go play on the computer. HTTPS. Screen grabbed, and I'll look into it. But even, even Canada, Steve I, Alberta, New Brunswick. Um, well, actually, Alberta had reported deaths of unknown causes was the leading cause of death now. New Brunswick uh, identified excess deaths that were noteworthy. They had to recount. So it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. But I want, I, I'd love to have the discussion with Peter McCullough to know, you know, how are, they, how are they measuring these numbers? We need a percentage, not a hard number, because I presume there are more sports teams now than there were over the last 30 years. I presume there are, uh, they're, they're going to raise the argument that people are training harder now, and that's, that's causing problems. Go away, kid, molten salt. <laughs> Um, so that's it. We'll see about that. But that, that, those, that's the study. Links provided. Everyone can go aggregate knowledge and, and uh, you know, discover the truth somewhere in there, or at least discover the flaws to the extent that there are any. Now, I think, now I think the dog is about to do something. Uh, all right. Let's see what else we got. I think we're almost done. We might, we might, call, it, we might call it quits for the day early. Uh, Okay, crypto. Crypto. Uh, Twitter files. Oh, the Twitter files. Hey, no. So there, there was another dump yesterday. Uh, I cannot even keep up with the Twitter files. And my recommendation to Elon, to the extent that he ever sees this, is the Twitter... I'm sweating like a pig. The Twitter files have gotten too voluminous. The Twitter files have gotten too voluminous, even for the dedicated to keep up with. Um, and what they need to do at this point is something of an Elon Musk uh, Twitter space or podcast, something live. I think video might be necessary. And um, go over the, 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 the highlights, the most important aspects of this, because we're up to like Twitter files number 10. We know what's going on. And it's more of the same, which is going to, it's going to wear people out even though it's confirming what we already know to a greater degree than we ever could have possibly imagined. But it's so much that people who don't want to know about it can now justifiably say it's too complicated. I, I don't want to know about it. I cannot. You have to stop there. All right. The ch <laughs> voluminous. Yeah, so that's it. Um, I think we're going to be done. I think I'm going to have to end this today anyhow. Hold on just one second. Thank you. The door is here. All right. <laughs> it's a good thing the chair has wheels on it. <laughs> All right. I think that's about it for the day. Anyhow, let me see what we're going to just share one more time so that I can make sure that we got to everything. Um, I think, I think we've gotten to everything for the day and now I'm finally thinking my wife is back. Yes, everyone, we have gotten to everything for the day and what a day it's been. So we're going to go back, apparently watch McCarthy lose a fifth time. 
And let me see what's going on in the chat. The Twiddle files are a corruption overload from Numa Pepe. There's, there's no question about it, but it's shown us what we already know. Active, active involvement, active infiltration, FBI, CIA, government back channels. The question is, this should all be evidence in pending or future lawsuits um, as to the government involvement that, that turned Twitter into a state actor for the purposes of 2020 election interference and so on. Um, let me see what's going on here. <laughs> DVR Downmark, yes, Viva rolled his kid out. <laughs> I've been reading some conflicting, conflicting parenting advice in the chat. Now, the only thing is uh, people who don't have kids, uh, they're, they're a blessing and they are the biggest pain in the butt sometimes, but that's that. Okay. Oh, gosh. Uh all right, no, I, th I think we will be done for the day. Everyone, I, I got a good video to play us out today. Uh, what's the rest of the schedule for the week? Stay tuned. January 6, two-year anniversary. January 6, 2021, two-year anniversary. Two-year anniversary. I'll see if I can, if I can schedule a, um, an interview special. Uh, great. I'm going to be doing in-person interviews at the locals' headquarters. I got one tentatively lined up and a second one tentatively lined up for February. So mid-January, early February, in-person interviews. It's going to be a new type of Viva Fry Live. It's going to be fantastic. But for the day, everybody, for the day, I'm going to play us out with a great video. You might have already seen it, but it's fun. I survived doing it, um, and apparently it's a healthy thing. How, uh, it's a new tradition. I don't know if I'm going to get to do it again next year. We'll see where we are next year, but how to ring in the new year with something of a purification bath. Um, here it is, people. Uh, I, I didn't do the standard, the standard end stream disclaimers. We are living through outrageously wild times. 2023, I think it's safe to say for good or for bad is going to be a turning point. I think it's going to be for good. I think we're witnessing a change in the zeitgeist, a shift in the zeitgeist. Uh, we are seeing the truth come out at long last, and it's a truth that's going to make people very angry, and rightly so. Uh, truth, reconciliation, after accountability. Uh, but with that said, when battling monsters, do not become a monster, because when you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back. Uh, do not do anything that gives them the pretext to do what you know they want to do, uh, continue to fight in a way that makes your parents, your kids, and your pets proud, and you can do no wrong. And with that said, uh, now I lost the screen. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs>